This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 96, Becoming Your Own Banker, a tribute to Nelson Nash, Part 2. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Guys, we're right in the middle of summertime. It is feeling great outside. Uh, Here in Chicago, anyway, we're having a lot of fun, and I hope you guys are too. Uh, You're listening to Not Your Average Financial Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mark Willis. With me here today is Holly Bach. Welcome, Holly. Thank you, Mark. Welcome, everyone. So we wanted to give a quick shout out to our listeners. We love you guys and we love having this conversation with you and we want to hear back from you. So we've set up a very simple way for us to hear from you. It's been 96 episodes thus far. We're going to go all the way to 100 and beyond, but we wanted to have a special little episode for episode 100. Would you be willing to leave us a comment? Uh, Say something to us. You can do this very easily and literally we'll hear your voice uh, and even possibly include it on uh, our upcoming episode. And we might even have a prize out there for the very uh, favorite comment. Uh, So I'm going to drop that teaser. If you're willing to uh, leave us a a voice recording, all you have to do is go to www.speakpipe.com slash NYAFP. That's speakpipe.com slash NYAFP. Again, that's speakpipe.com slash NYAFP. If you go to that site, you'll be able to hit the big red button and leave us an audio voicemail essentially going right to our inbox. It's an MP3 file, and we'll include it in our episode 100. We'll get your thoughts on what were your biggest aha moments? What are your biggest takeaways? What things have changed about your financial life since you've begun listening to our show? So we'd wanted to jump in on that, give you guys a heads up. We will need that by middle July. Uh, so don't, uh, don't delay. Get it to us as soon as you can. July 15th, 2019 is the cutoff date. Uh, so we can have that ready for our recording for episode 100. Okay, uh, so Holly, have you ever really just you know lied awake at night and you know you're out under the you know uh, the summer stars maybe and you're you're just enjoying a great evening, a nice cool drink in your hand, and all of a sudden this terrible thought comes into your mind: how profitable banks are. Has that ever come across your mind in those special <laughs> special moments? Um, not in those particular moments, no. No, I don't, okay, all I right. I don't think. But no, definitely, own... <laughs> you know, maybe when it, you're in the thick of a work day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just um, my own uh, crazy mind here. But, you know, if you think about it, guys, the margins, the margins uh, that, that are being pulled off the banking business, uh, you know, literally out of thin air is truly unparalleled in our world today. So again, we're talking about becoming your own banker and something that Nelson Nash really brought to all of us. And we wanted to give him a very special tribute since he did most recently this spring pass away and and get on to better things. As we like to say, he graduated on us, as he would say. Uh, So we wanted to take a few moments to just sort of do a book review, essentially, of his book and talk about some of the concepts in it. So, you know, he gets into some of the profits of banks and how they use money. Uh, So, you know, they use essentially not their own money, banks, but they use our money. Uh, what we call deposits, uh, they're using as capital for their investments. So literally they take our cash and loan it out to the person behind us at, in line at the bank. Oh, and by the way, their arbitrage or their spread on that money is huge. It's infinite essentially since they're using our money, not their own to risk, right? I mean, that's the nerve of bankers. You know, what if you could do this yourself? What if you could get rid of banks 
that are taking advantage of that process on your back and instead use it to your advantage instead. Who says we have to use a bank for the banking function in our own life? There's a very different, I mean, one is a verb, one is a noun, right? I don't have to use the bank down the street to be banking, right? Mm -hmm. To have that function of banking in my life. That's the question that Nelson Nash really extends and, and helped discover and, and has, has been sharing with others. And that's, that's what I think he left as his legacy. So this is our tribute to that legacy. So he calls it the infinite banking concept. You know, and some people would say, well, how do you really describe infinite? And I was listening to a recent documentary that um, was published by the Nelson Nash Institute out there. It was just dropped on YouTube a few weeks ago as of this recording. He says, the way you describe infinite is the more you see, the more you begin to see. I think that's a really well said, as concise as any human could describe the word infinite, right? The more you see, the more you begin to see. So if you're going to create a bank like the ones that you already know about, you have to go through a couple of steps, right, before you can open up your FDIC-insured bank. In addition to a bunch of, like, paperwork, you're going to need a lot of cash. You're going to need a lot of money, usually around 20 to $30 million. And you got to just basically just set it in a vault somewhere, as it were. Finally, you're going to need to get approval from the banking commissioner office and apply for a bank charter. And this might take five or 10 years. Not just everybody gets a charter to open a bank. They only have so many to pass out. And then you have to deal with the competition of the small banks down the street and the mega banks that are, of course, uh, operating at the street corners of your town. I mean, have you ever noticed that it took a lot of time, a lot of money to start a bank, right? There are a lot of banks out there. Banks can't lend money unless they have money in the bank. And, and, and certainly they cannot lend their own money, so they have to ask other people to put money in their bank. So if you ever wonder why uh, banks are advertising their savings rate, you know, hey, come over here and we'll give you a 0.2% <laughs> or a 0.25. What do you know? That's them enticing you to put money in their coffers so they can loan it out at 5%, 10%. And while we might all think, well, that's not a great spread, you know, to 0.25% to 5, well, that's, you know, that's a 4.75% spread. No, that might be a 20 to 1 return, you know, 2,000% return on that cash, which we can talk more about if you want. Again, if you'd like to learn more about how any of this works uh, and you're not able to find the answers on our episodes, give us a call. That's why we have the big button that says request a meeting right there on our website. So let's talk about how banks make money and how you can be like that banker making that kind of return. So mm -hmm. tell us a bit about how, how this banking function could work if it could be brought in-house, Holly. Yeah, so obviously it's not anywhere in the realm of <laughs> feasibility that, you know, individuals are going to be going out and starting these FDIC-insured banks like you just mentioned, Mark. Um, but, you know, Nelson understood that, and he actually had something to say in, in his book. Um, he said, there is actually a much easier way to accomplish the creation of your own banking system, and the mechanism has been around for over 200 years. It's tried and true. It's called participating whole life insurance. But the problem is that very few people know how the business works, including the home office folks of the insurance companies, <laughs> end quote. So mm -hmm. um, that's certainly been it, it, a hurdle for life insurance to overcome itself is sometimes their own people, the, the people that work for them don't even understand um, not only how, the, how it works, but the power of the product that they're offering. Um, so we already have, you know, Nelson, you know, is using his book to let us know that we already have all the ingredients needed to create a banking system, not like 
an FDIC bank, right? But to create a system that can operate similar to a bank or can accomplish the same objectives as a traditional bank would through dividend paying whole life insurance. And that's what we call, you know, the infinite banking concept as Nelson coined it or bank on yourself as Pamela Yellen coined it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if you guys are wanting to learn more about the history of debt, uh, a book I'd highly recommend is called Debt, The First 5,000 Years by David Graeber. And it really, it's a big book, but it really under, underlines the fact that you finance everything you buy. And it's been this way throughout all of human history, all of recorded human history, that banking has existed as long as human beings have gotten together uh, and come out, of the, uh, come out of the savannah, so to speak. Nelson uh, says it this way, either you've paid interest to somebody else because you've borrowed the money, or you've passed up interest you could have earned on that cash uh, had you not spent it, right? So the alternate use of money must always be reckoned with. That's what some economists call opportunity cost. You know, some people have heard the phrase, but I think very few people understand or put it into practice with their own financial dealings. Yep, and so Nelson also says, if you know what's happening, if you know what's really happening, you'll know what to do. Wow. So if you can kind of understand what's going on in the kind of financial environment around you, then you'll know kind of what your step should be and what you should do as a result of it. So that's what brought him to this infinite banking concept. Once you realize that you're already financing everything you buy, the next question is, how do I cycle that financing to my own system rather than giving it away to some bank down the street? So that's really the big question he was trying to answer, um, which was born out of the situation he got himself into, which we talked about in our last episode, where he, he, he was captive to the banks and he had all that debt. And so... He came, he came to realize that he's financing everything he buys already and the trouble you can get into when you're doing that through a bank. So he was looking for, you know, what's that way out? Wow. So as it comes to it, we can love the concept of being your own banker, but it has to come down to, to some sort of tool, right, to put it to work. And in creating any tool, it's going to, or product anyway, it's going to start with engineering that tool. You know, so whether it's an automobile or a life insurance contract, right? It's going to take engineering. So engineers make cars, but actuaries and lawyers uh, make life insurance contracts. So, you know, guys, honestly, uh, personally, I'd much rather hang out with sports car engineers <laughs> before uh, lawyers and actuaries, but I guess that's just me, right? Um, however, unlike sports cars, which are constantly needing tune-ups and repairs and they break down, the whole life policy is engineered to become more and more efficient every single year you have it, guaranteed. Hey, maybe I should be hanging out with these actuaries after all, right? <laughs> so imagine a car that got more and better gas mileage every single year you had it, guaranteed. That'd be so cool, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so some interesting things appear, however, as you begin to look into that insurance contract. And one of those things is that the contract is what we call unilateral, or I guess what the lawyers Ooh, call... That's a $2 word right there, Yeah, Holly. what the uh, lawyers call unilateral. <laughs> and essentially what that just means is that the company, company promises to do certain things if you meet their standards and make the payments. 
Read it carefully and you'll see clearly that you're the owner of the contract, not the insurance company. Wow. Say that again. Yeah. You are the owner of the contract, not the insurance company. So the owner is the most important character in the scene. You know, again, William Shakespeare, a quote of his, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. Hmm. Unfortunately, most people don't remember or don't know what part they have to play in their own financial lives. Um, And so the question is, are you an owner of where your money lives or are you merely a transaction on someone else's balance sheet? Are you merely just a, you know, kind of a profit (laughs) um, to them? If you have a loan at a local bank, you're an asset of that bank. If you have a savings deposit, you're uh, are a liability to the bank, but still not an owner. When you're the banker, when you're the owner, you control the whole process. And that's what a unilateral contract allows. Um, Nelson also dives even deeper into the dividend paying whole life insurance policy, but we'll leave that for some of our upper, other episodes to explain further. Um, but for the most part, you know, he just wants you to understand that the, the importance and the power of, you know, not only having a banking system that you can use, but having a banking system that you own and you're the owner of. So we kind of saw that as being two key pieces um, to someone kind of setting up a, a good financial system in their lives. Yeah. And you're right. We've we've gone into de- detail on other episodes throughout our um, uh, back catalog, you might say. So dive into that deeper if you want to learn more about how the dividend paying whole life insurance policy works. But for Nelson's sake, let's move on. He said, uh, you know, it's not just about life insurance, guys. Really, you know, um, it's much bigger than some insurance product. It's about changing the way we think. Uh, to me, this came down to what I think are some of his best contributions to the financial universe. He calls it his five rules that he shares in his book uh, toward the back of becoming your own banker. So these rules are really the bedrock in building your banking business. If you cannot conquer these five rules, uh, he calls them the human problem, we'll never get to be our own banker and we'll never conquer the money problem in all of our lives. So here, for the rest of this episode, are the five rules to conquer on your way to becoming your own banker. So problem number one is conquering Parkinson's law. Okay, so conquering Parkinson's law, that's rule number one. So who is C. Northcote Parkinson? Well, he brilliantly articulated the problem when he said, work expands to meet the time envelope allowed. So that's just a fancy way of saying, if you gave a person a job, and you told them to do it in three days, they're gonna complete the work in three days on the third day. Now, if you gave that same job to someone but gave them 30 days to complete it, don't be surprised if they're getting it done on day 29 and handing it in late on the 30th day, right? He also says the same concept about money. He says, quote, expenses rise to meet income and a luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity, end quote. You know, I I think about that every time I get in my car and I have heated seats in the wintertime here in Chicago. Uh, It is a necessity at this point. It was not when I was uh, growing up and did not have heated seats. So uh, I say that this rule has conquered more would-be bankers than any of the other five rules. It's the most insidious trap. It's more, more crucial than investment fees or taxes or the market's volatility. Um, It's our inability to live within our means that keep us from living the life we want to have. 
So that's rule number one. Tell us about rule number two. Yes. So uh, rule number two is Willie Sutton's law. So once you've conquered Parkinson's law, now you have some money saved, right? You're starting to live within your means. However, a new problem emerges. Willie Sutton was a notorious bank robber in our nation's history. When they asked why he continued to rob banks, he replied, that's where they keep the money. So Willie <laughs> Sutton's law is wherever wealth is accumulated, someone will try to steal it. Willie did not invent this activity. He was just one more you know, thieving practitioner who clearly articulated the phenomenon. And this phenomenon has been with us since the beginning of time. You know, question, who's the biggest thief in the world? Well, according to Nelson Nash, if you answered the Internal Revenue Service, you're correct. As a reminder, the government is by its nature not capable of producing anything. It gets all of its sustenance from the production elements of society. Government is a parasite, and the lives of the taxpayers are the hosts. I mean, you know, think about that. These are these are Nelson's thoughts um, on how you know the government works. Yeah, he was he was not one to mince words. He was no. a character all 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 on himself. So. Yes, but I love you know it. his perspective is, you know, hey, where where they keep the money is where someone's going to try to steal it. Yeah. Exactly. So Nelson says that when the government senses rebellion on, you know, erroneous taxation, they invent um, exceptions to the rule of their confiscation of taxpayer money. This is where they invent qualified plans like pensions, 401ks, IRAs, and more. This is like the fox being left in charge of the chicken coop. Um, what the government gives, the government can take away. But financial planners and authors, self-labeled as financial experts, recommend that you should participate to the fullest possible extent in its tax-sheltered program. But it should be reminded that the income tax law, which became law in 1913, is a latecomer in relation to dividend-paying whole life insurance, which preceded the income tax by 100 years. It is private property. Um, and that is why, you know, this is the way to keep money out of Willie Sutton's or the government's hands. You could really expound on this law further, right? You could say that, you know, um, the Wall Street investment advisors would mm -hmm. like to obviously take the money out of your investment accounts through their annual fees. Uh, you could say that your teenagers are great at confiscating <laughs> your wealth. <laughs> yeah. uh, you could say the colleges, the universities, you could say that credit cards and banks. I mean, how many people would love to get access to your pot of money? Right. Yeah. Um, so I've even got a three year old that would love some of the money in, in dad's pocket. Right. <laughs> so uh, let's move on for sake of time. But that is a huge, huge rule to keep an eye out for Willie Sutton in your life. OK. Rule number three is the golden rule. Uh, his his rephrasing of it is those who have the gold make the rules. So this is a follow up to rule number two. And here's some good news. You know, we've kind of talked about two sort of negative outlook rules. Here's a good one. Right. We individuals, listeners, all of us, are the ones with the gold. Don't forget that, that the government is simply going to be a reflection of the taxpayers that support it, not the other way around. We are a population that's free. You know, hey, we just had the 4th of July uh, as of this uh, recording's dropping. We are free people if we're willing to believe it. Unfortunately, however, many of us would prefer to be slaves to, and I'll say, the, he says the government, I would agree, but I would also add, you know, banks. We're slaves to the banks. We're slaves to Wall Street. We're slaves to the government. And as long as we believe that, we might as well be slaves, right? If we want to be free, um, you know, we've got to be willing to live without some of the quote unquote benefits that come with it. You know, if we want to be, uh, you know, given the benefits, entitlement programs and so forth, according to Nelson Nash, that dependency makes us a slave. 
but it's this rule that we, you know, and, and really a reminder that we are the ones with the gold. We are free individuals. We don't need onerous taxation and we don't need free programs and we don't need 401ks and we don't need, it's not required to have the luxuries of, you know, the things that are given to us by quote unquote, the authorities, right? So that is the golden rule. Tell us about rule number four, the arrival syndrome. Yeah, so rule number four, the arrival syndrome. Um, Nelson refers to this rule as the most devastating of all. He says that it has limited the achievements of mankind more than any other thing. When this thing infects us, we stop growing, stop learning, and therefore we rot. You know, we ignore or tune out the ability to receive inspiration because we already know all there is to know. The arrival syndrome produces a comfort zone that causes people to lapse into their old way of doing things. Nelson says that talking about the infinite banking concept is like trying to convince others that the world is round when everyone thinks it is flat. It's a very difficult thing to do, right? To kind of go against the norm, go against yeah. the status quo. I'd say the back to last episode when we talked about the airplane, the arrival syndrome are the people who are flying that airplane with no headwind and no tailwind, but just covering the ground at just merely 100 miles an hour. And they're really trying to rev that engine to make it all of 105 or 110 miles an hour, right? Mm -hmm. Their rates of return, all, all worried about how much they got on their mutual fund this year. And that's as good as they think they'll ever get, right? Yep. That's the arrival syndrome. Yep. And there are far too many people who've walked away from the infinite banking concept because they thought they knew so much. You know, that almost included us, you yeah. know, Mark and I Me. stories. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we thought in our youthful arrogance that we knew all there was to know about this little known form of whole life insurance and how I, you know, how I should or shouldn't be a part of my portfolio. But as Nelson says, if you understand what's really happening, you'll know what to do, um, to go back to his quote from earlier. Yeah, I'd I just tag right on to that, Holly. I think, you know, it was a uh, it was another version of myself. When hopefully, hopefully I never stop learning. Hopefully I never have the arrival syndrome sickness. Um, you know, hopefully people can continually point out where I'm wrong. I would love for somebody to say, hey, did you notice this giant blind spot in your you know, in your financial recommendations to clients or in your health or in your relationships, you know, please improve my experience of this thing I call life. Uh, I never want to stop. I never want to arrive uh, on this side of heaven anyway. So mm -hmm. great stuff. Rule number five and the fifth rule is uh, use it or lose it. The infinite banking concept is dealing with a totally different paradigm, guys. Uh, you know, so it's, it's learning to accept a totally new point of reference. And that means developing new habits. So, you know, we can know about this, we can understand it, we can even talk with folks about it. Uh, and, you know, I even sit down, I talk with other advisors who focus on the infinite banking concept, or many clients that have been around for a long time. And even then, I notice that many still focus on rates of return, interest rates. I do believe that, guys, this is a fatal error. It has more to do with recognizing where money is flowing and whether or not you're using your own banking system or using the banking system controlled by somebody else, some other banker. The infinite banking concept must become a way of your life. You gotta either use it or lose it. You know, I have uh, a lot of folks that just keep the money piled up in their policies and never put it to work. Uh, that's, you know, missing kind of the point, right? Um, so, and, and then they're paying cash for their cars, you know, or they're sending their kids to college with cash. Um, so that's losing it. If you don't use it, you lose it. That's rule number five. So these rules can be taught in 20 or 30 minutes on a few podcasts or in a short book. But guys, this is called the infinite banking concept. And how do you explain infinite in any amount of time on a show like this, right? 
So of course, what do you do from here if you like this content? Of course, we recommend reading uh, Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. And if you want to learn more about Nelson the man, uh, we recommend watching a recent documentary on Nelson Nash. And we'll put the YouTube link in our show notes. Uh, so include that and just uh, f- hop over to our show notes and you'll find that YouTube link. It's about an hour long and it's a really great episode that shows and explains Nelson, how he came to be, and, and more about this concept. And if you'd like to learn more and discuss some of these strategies with us, again, head to our website, notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. Click on request a meeting and you can chat with one of us. Happy to get right on. You'll see our calendar right there. And we'd be happy to go through any questions that come up as a result of these episodes. So I wanted to kind of change gears a little bit here, Holly. Uh, I recently came back from a conference with several hundred Bank on Yourself authorized advisors. And many, maybe I'd say all of the people there have been directly impacted by Nelson Nash and his legacy. Uh, So these are financial professionals, attorneys, CPAs, financial planners. Many of them have been for years and years and years relying on Nelson for wisdom and insight uh, for their own lives, but also for their lives of their clients. And you could really sense, this was the first year I'd been to the conference, which we go to each year, where Nelson had passed away, right? So we, we really were in a, in a space to really reflect on what Nelson had brought to all of us. And you could tell from some of their feedback that they were really mesmerized and changed, tru- truly changed by his parabolic wisdom. So I think you guys will uh, like this short little clip. We've included uh, several different advisors and their feedback and thoughts. These are some of my dear friends and people I've worked with for many years now. So guys, take it away. I was in the bathroom doing what guys do in the bathroom, you know, standing up. And there I was at the urinal, and this old guy walks right into the urinal, right next to me. And, you know, I hear this, and I look over, and he's looking right at me. And you know what this guy said? He goes, it's the best thing I did all day. And that was the first time I ever met Nelson face to face. You know, everybody has personal stories about him. Lots of fun, lots of cool stuff. So please, I want you guys to share it with each other tonight. Oh, because of Nelson Nash, I have become debt free from my debt business, all kinds of stuff, and I also have created an asset and retirement plan, and all that while being an entrepreneur at the same time. That's a pretty good thing. Because of Nelson Nash, I finally know what a can of peas really costs. Because of Nelson Nash, my life is totally different than it was before. Giving me a path to improve myself, to help a lot of people in the process, and to become wildly successful in what I do. It all started with Nelson Nash and a CD cassette that I got in the mail from Pamela Yellen years and years ago. His loss is a tremendous loss to me personally. This is Jim Conrad. I've known Nelson since probably 2004 when I went to one of his uh, weekend infinite banking conferences and it was fascinating. I met Nelson then, I've known him ever since. 
He was uh, a national treasure. Uh, I've never met or heard anybody quite like Nelson. And, and I have a lot to be grateful for uh, because of what he did to bring uh, whole life insurance back into the forefront as a financial tool, a wealth building tool, and I'll be forever grateful to Nelson. And uh, God bless him. Because of Nelson Nash, I have been given an opportunity to make difference in thousands of people's lives. Because of Nelson's rules, don't be afraid to capitalize. The average American citizen saves absolutely nothing. Because of Nelson's direction, don't do business with banks, brokerage houses, Wall Street, and the government. I have helped people either get out from their associations with banks and brokerage houses and government and stay away from the Wall Street community. Uh, Nelson says we have to rethink our thinking. I tell people now as a result of that, I'm in the mind-changing business. I tell everybody I'm here to alter the way they think about money, savings, the government, deferred retirement plans. Because of Nelson, I have helped protect and create millions of dollars of wealth either during people's lives or at people's passing. Millions of dollars of wealth. Many people, many baby boomers are challenged and they fear what their children and grandchildren will be exposed to. By creating the millions and millions of dollars of generational wealth, their children and grandchildren will be protected and have access to money when they need it and want it. Thanks, Nelson. So because of Nelson Nash, uh, it opened up uh, an entirely new uh, opportunity for me, uh, not only on a personal level, uh, from a financial planning and uh, uh, estate planning perspective, but also in my ability to improve the lives of uh, clients that I've come in contact with uh, since meeting Nelson. Uh, and um, his, his wisdom uh, and experience uh, and his way of uh, presenting uh, his knowledge uh, and the importance of what we do uh, from a, uh, a bank on yourself perspective and in his case infinite banking uh, is the benefits are just uh, almost incomprehensible and the number of lives that he impacted uh, is, is just absolutely amazing with his uh, wisdom and uh, training and encouragement. Because of Nelson Nash I got into this business that I would not have known about without his helping us with his great expertise in the beginning and getting us all to believe in the whole Bank on Yourself system. Nelson has been an inspiration to me, both uh, I probably would not s still be in the business without him and Pamela. It changed my life in terms of how I look at finances, both personally and for my clients. Um, a tremendous leader and inspiration. Uh, we will miss him sorely. So because of Nelson Nash, I learned that in high school and in college, I really learned nothing about money and money management. 21 years of public and private school taught me zero about how to handle the rest of my life. And that's very sad when you think about it. And I let people know about that. And um, when I met him and learned about his infinite banking system, it totally changed my view. And... I really started thinking about money in a whole different way and couldn't wait to explain to other people so I could understand it myself because it was so different. So I thank Nelson Nash from the bottom of my heart for giving me peace of mind for the rest of my life because I followed his advice.
Well, and the testimonials would just keep on flowing if we had the time for them. And so, Nelson, I just wanted to kind of leave these thoughts to uh, uh, his his surviving spouse, Mary. Uh, Nelson, you, you changed the trajectory of my life too, financially, professionally, and personally. Uh, without Nelson and his message, I'd likely, guys, I'd likely still be swimming around in the student loan debt uh, swamps. I'd be chasing after mutual funds, mortgages, and other fake assets. But because of Nelson Nash, I've seceded from the financial mayhem and has uh, and, and I've broken free, you know, the, from the financial mayhem that's been pushed on us in this country. So in not so subtle ways, I feel like Nelson brought a very complex financial concept and a mindset down from the esoteric ladder to something that even a, a dummy like me could understand and implement in my own family's life and in the lives of my clients. I feel like Nelson has helped me understand how to actually take control of my financial future to a degree more than any other financial educator or radio host or anybody else ever has. And he did it in a small little book that took me basically two hours to read, <laughs> for the first time anyway. Uh, he brought this message of financial freedom from banks and uncertainty to us in a day and age when in 2008, uh, when I first kind of stumbled across this, banksters were bringing the world economy to its knees. And I feel like from my ongoing relationship with Nelson and his, uh, you know, his colleagues and the teaching that he gave, gave me both uh, for me and my colleagues, gave us a message and a mission that reverberates around our nation today. So while literally hundreds of millions of dollars have been created just through our financial firm here at Lake Growth Financial Services due to Nelson's message, not to count the billions that he helped bring to wealth for the average family through his message, I do think there's a lot left undone. Nelson didn't finish the job. Um, thank goodness, you know, we're still here. We're still breathing. Uh, I, th I think one of the biggest things that he was pushing for in his final years was this question. What if 10% of the American population could be set free from financial banks and uncertainty and uh, Wall Street shenanigans? What if you, our listener, were one in 10 people in this country that didn't have to rely on uh, banks, credit cards, finance companies, or Wall Street, but you would become your own source of financing. What would change about our nation? What would change about your family? So, you know, the job isn't done. What if you could be a part of the 10% that caused a revolution, caused a tipping point in this country that brought, you know, the sound money solutions of, of banking back to the family? So that's really where we wanted to leave this tribute. And thank you, Nelson, and thank you for uh, all of the things you guys uh, have brought to our table. Uh, through Nelson's message. So, and thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. And thank you, Nelson Nash, for helping me think different about my money, my economy, and my future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.